Have you ever had that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach when you realize, or even worse, when someone points out in a meeting that you made a costly mistake in your accounts payable processes, one that could easily have been avoided? Well, you've got some company. In this talk, we review the top nightmares, those 13 big, easily avoidable accounts payable mistakes that could be keeping you up at night. What's more, we'll show you how to avoid them once and for all. In fact, this might be the start of your accounts payable mistake prevention checklist. Make sure you stick around until the end when we discuss the one really, really simple tactic that everyone should be incorporating into their processes if they're tired of dealing with lost invoices, duplicate payments, late fees, and horror of horrors, lost early payment discounts. Hey guys, I'm Mary Schaefer, founder of AP Now, your one-stop shop for cutting business intelligence for all those issues related to accounts payable and payments. And there are more than you might imagine, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, mistake number one, not training your staff adequately on new processes and new technology. Quite frequently, nobody wants to admit they don't understand or they don't know how to do something. And then a new process goes in and it, it, it fails because uh, somebody got something wrong. So adequate training, okay? Don't, don't eliminate it. Sometimes people think, oh, that's so simple. Everybody would get it. Not necessarily. Uh, you can't go wrong by overtraining. Mistake number two, not asking your line staff for recommendations about process improvements. This is true whether you're in accounts payable or any other uh, function within the accounting function. So, for example, your invoice processes. They live with those that, with that day in and day out. Ask them, you know, do they have any suggestions on how you can improve the processes? The people who are involved with the process on a day-to-day -day basis know it quite intimately and will know it much better than you or I. Mistake number three, not verifying those requests from high-level executives for personnel information like W-2, especially when the request is for bulk information. This problem has gotten so bad that the IRS has come out with a recommended best practice that these requests always be verified before they are honored. I like to say, just take a step back and think about it. If you have the CEO supposedly asking for the W-2s, what would he want with this or what would she want with it? And if you think about it, the answer is usually they wouldn't want it. Okay, so verify them. Mistake number four not discouraging vendors from sending invoices to more than one email address. This problem has gotten so bad that we now estimate that about 25% of all invoices that are sent are duplicates, okay? And that creates a lot of extra work for your accounts payable staff, and they don't really have the have time for it. So you want to discourage your vendors from sending more than one copy of an invoice. And of course, you've set up um, an, an address, an email address, just to receive those invoices. Mistake number five not using internal controls across all functions and all employees. Too often an, an organization will let a, a best practice go or they'll have a separation of duties that isn't there because it's a long-term trusted employee and they say, oh, John would never uh, do anything or Jane, she's been with us forever, she would never do anything. And in fact, the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners has reported that most frauds are committed by long-term trusted employees. Now, most of them are quite honorable and they'll never do anything to hurt you, but you don't know who the bad apple is. Mistake number six, and this is a biggie, and a lot of you are already doing this, but a good portion aren't, and it's vital that you do it. Not verifying every single change of bank account request from suppliers who are getting payments via ACH. Okay, this is related to that old, please change my mailing address when you were mailing out uh, paper checks. 
which some of you still are, but so don't make any changes without verifying and don't verify by replying to the email that you got, you know, pick up the phone and call. Yes, it takes a little bit of extra time, but it is critical. Mistake number seven, not using a coding standard for data entry of invoices, setting up vendors in the master vendor file, and virtually any other data entry function. You'll find that by setting up coding standards, even though that makes you seem like a control freak, and that's probably not the impression that you want to go, it is critical for reducing errors and getting rid of those duplicates. Mistake number eight, and I'm willing to bet there are quite a few out there doing this, not using the full functionality in the ERP might be scratching your head saying, what is she talking about? Let me explain. Many organizations, when they implement a new ERP, they turn off all the functionality except what they absolutely, absolutely need to keep the company running. And then, um, you know, this is the way to get it up and running quickly. And it, it makes sense. To be honest, it makes sense. But then they forget that they did that and they don't go back and look at the additional functionality that they may have in their ERP. And then sometimes they even buy bolt-ons to do whatever it is that, you know, was in that uh, functionality that they turned off, not realizing that they're already paying for it and they don't have to do that. So you might want to take a step back, talk to your um, IT folks and see what functionality is turned off. Now, you may not need what's turned off, and that's fine. But if you can use it, then you want to take advantage of it. Mistake number nine, not making arrangements in each fall for your AP staff or whoever produces your 1099s to get an update. The IRS is notorious for making changes, and this is especially true when it comes to 1099s, especially over the last few years with uh, some of the stuff that we've gone, we've seen going on. You know, what was used to be reported on the 1099 MISC is now reported on the MISC and the NEC, and you know there have been continual changes. So. Every fall, make sure your, your staff gets an update. They can go to a webinar, they can go to a seminar, uh, whatever, okay? And AP Nail can help you with that. Mistake number 10, okay? And this one I think a lot of folks are making. Not checking your step state websites for 1099 reporting requirements. Many states have instituted their own reporting requirements, and these requirements are different than the federal requirements. Well, they may be the same. It's not a guarantee that they're, they're different, but you want to review your state website, see what they require, and then make sure you're complying. Don't assume that if you're uh, participating in the combined federal-state uh, reporting that this is covered, because oftentimes it's not. So stay, check the state website. Before we get to the last few, including one that I concede, nobody really likes to hear me talking about, but I think it's important. I'd like to share that at AP Now, we have over 350 videos in our library with new accounts payable and payment videos being added every Tuesday and Thursday, and some shorts on other days during the week. Occasionally on Saturdays, we have a little Wordle fun. Please check out the rest of the channel after you finish watching this one. Okay. Mistake number 11 that people don't really want to hear me talk about, but I have to uh, say it. And this is using a separate, not using a separate computer for all bank-related activities. If you have a, a separate computer that you just, just use for, you know, balance reporting, wire transfers, ACH, etc., and you don't use it for anything else, then there is almost no chance that a malicious link will get uh, downloaded or somebody will be able to hack into it. Um, so we want to set up that separate computer, and then we also want to make sure we use it all the time. Sometimes folks will set one up and then it's a little bit of a pain and I, I concede it is. Um, and then they're rushed and then they don't use it. Take number 12, not identifying and double checking all invoices from suppliers who have surreptitiously sent a second copy of the invoice on the due date 
or a few days right before the due date. They haven't even given you a chance not to pay, and they're already sending you a second uh, copy. There's a group of consultants out there who are encouraging folks uh, to do this. I suspect it's um, a way to get you to pay twice. Um, I'm a cynic. Um, They just say it's a way to encourage their customers to pay on time. Mistake number 13, not encouraging all your vendors to email their invoices instead of sending them by mail. Um, The U.S. mail has gotten slower. Uh, Invoices still get lost in the mail. There are many problems associated with mailing invoices. It's also more work when you get that paper invoice in. I could go on forever, but I'll spare you and I won't. Um, Best practice, encourage your vendors to send their invoices by email and then make sure that they only send it to one. They don't have to send it to 14 people and, you know, you have to weed them out. One copy of the email to that one email address that you've set up to accept uh, invoices. It will, you know, streamline your work process and it just gets the invoice in the process faster. If you're looking for early payment discounts, then that's a real plus also. Okay. There's a lot more to getting accounts payable, right? Not making mistakes in accounts payable and avoiding duplicate payments is another big part of this whole equation. We recently did a video on that issue. You can watch it right now using the link momentarily that will appear on your screen momentarily and is in the description below. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up, comments, shares, and subscribes.